Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Brings the boom. Head catching bodies on his way to the rack. Suns, game day with K-Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. All right, Suns Blazers tonight. And then, after that... Suns Blazers tomorrow night. Well, it's, it's nothing but Blazer time. Man, they, that is that is really odd, isn't it? And then, then they'll play them again until uh, next year. Actually, next season. Not next year. Next season. So this is it. If you want revenge on the Blazers for that loss on October 21st, you've got tonight and you've got tomorrow, both the Footprint Center, and then the Suns and Blazers don't play again unless they play in the playoffs. Joining us right now in the Arizona Sports Line is Kevin Ray of Bally Sports for Game Day with K. Ray. K. Ray, what's going on, man? Well, it's happy Friday to you. It is a happy yes, Friday. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, all right. We were just talking about the quirk in the schedule here. What's, uh, <laughs> how did this happen? They play Portland three times in the first 10 games and then just never again? Yeah. Look, we've seen that play out now over the last couple of years. Um, you know, last year the Suns had played Minnesota. Um, they got into December uh, having played Minnesota the entire slate. You know, didn't face the T-Wolves um, again the rest of the season. And that's the way a few teams schedule shake out. And, you know, I, I can't tell you how or why. Uh, just kind of the scheduling uh, logistical matter, but you know we've seen these these home and home uh, setups, the back to back setups, uh, going back to really the the COVID year, and in an effort to to you know cut down costs, cut down on travel, um, cut down wear and tear on players' bodies. This is something that they have instituted, and I think for the most part, the guys like it. Um, it, it is somewhat odd to have it, you know, in a back-to-back. I know that we're going to be in New Orleans here in a few weeks uh, playing on a Thursday and a Saturday. Um, You know, and of course, good things can always happen when you're in New Orleans for extended periods of time. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So... Yeah, okay, uh, no Dame Lillard tonight. That's kind of a big deal right there. How does that change the way the Suns are going to approach this? Well, they they will take the approach, you know, as Monty has said, we're we're planning on Dame playing. I think they understand that the likelihood is is very slim to none, but they're taking that approach. Uh look, this is this is the team that's handed them their only loss of the season. And uh this this Suns team is kind of petty like that. We we saw that play out last year. They don't like to lose and they don't like to to lose consecutive games to teams who have beaten them. Uh, that being said, this is a Portland team that really seems to have kind of settled in to Chauncey Billups now in his second year, and he's finding a nice rhythm as a head coach, making some changes, you know, defensively, a little bit offensively, and it's still his team, even without, you know, Dame Dalla, uh, it, it's still a team that... that can be explosive. Uh, Anthony Simons now in his fifth year, I think, has shown uh, a young man who certainly deserving of that contract extension. And he's coming into tonight's game back to back thirty plus point games, and he hit you know the ultimate game winner uh, against the Suns in that first meeting. So the Suns should come in uh, with, with their radar on high alert. 
Talking to Kevin Ray at Bally Sports, it's game day with K-Ray. Uh, Kay, you just mentioned it right there. Portland's the only team that has beaten the Suns this season, and last year for sure, that's something the Suns would take notice of, and they didn't even really hide it last year. <laughs> they would say, like, yeah, we, you know, we we're out for revenge. Do you think they are still that way this year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because there's there's a couple of dudes on there in particular uh, who are like that. I don't know if you guys heard. I, I shared a great story the other night with uh, Devin Booker and, of course, his relationship with Carl Anthony Towns. But this just speaks to how competitive Book is. I, I guess, you know, his, his former teammate and a former Suns player, Tyler Eulis, had shared in an account not too long ago about just how competitive and, and petty Book was talking about when they would have tests and they would compare test scores and Book would say, you know, oh, Carl, you got a 90. Oh, wow, look at that. I, I got a 96. <laughs> that's, that's just the way Book operates. So I, I, I promise you, even though he had a big individual game, the fact that they lost that game, they were in a position to win it a couple of times, went to overtime and lost. Yeah, they're still very much like that. So do you expect to see DeAndre Ayton play tonight? Uh, I do. We haven't gotten confirmation, but I think the fact that he went through a full practice yesterday, now you know we'll have a, a little more clarity probably after shoot-around to determine if there was any lingering soreness, especially considering it, it is a back-to-back situation here before they head off on the road trip. But uh, I, I would I would say leaning towards D.A. being back on the floor tonight. Okay, right. It's still pretty early in the season. We're not even really three weeks in, so it's very early. But it seems like there are elements of this Suns team or their approach to this season that are different than than they were last year. Maybe more of a focus, obviously, on the playoffs than the regular season after the way last year played out. Have you noticed that? Yeah, and it's, you know, I don't know that there's anything, Luke, that you can say, yeah, look at this and, and this is why. Um, but, you know, it's something that, you know, that we talked about as they came into this season. I just felt like based on the last two years experiences in the playoffs, uh, they, they had to kind of change the mindset a little bit. Um, and it makes sense. And look, that's, that's what you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed to learn from your mistakes, learn from some of your failures. And I think that's what we're seeing from this team. In addition to guys improving their play, uh, three guys that we talked about, two in particular, Campaign and Landry Shamit, you know, have responded with bounce back seasons. Mm-hmm. And Torrey Craig, looking like the Torrey Craig that the Suns traded for in their run of the finals a couple of years ago. So those three guys, in addition to Jock Landale, have made a, a huge addition to, kind of how this approach has looked through, you know, the first several games. You know, evaluate campaign for me because, once again, uh, this guy I thought was going to be the the critical part of that bench. Uh, the Passapar 2K, the key that unlocks all locks to the bench for the Phoenix Suns, I thought was going to be campaign, man. Talk about um, how he's played so far and where you think he needs to get better. Yeah, with with Cam, I think you're just seeing a a renewed confidence. Um, I talked to him a couple of weeks ago and just asked him about the off season and, and last season. And look, you know, he he wasn't shying away or running away from his struggles last year. Uh, 
but I did think it was interesting. He said he went back and he looked at every single uh, minute of every possession that he was on the floor last year. Uh, so he, he said he watched more game tape, game film, than he ever has in his career. So that speaks to a guy that acknowledged, hey, I struggled last year. I want to find out why, and I want to find out how I can correct it. He was in the gym, in the lab, the majority of the offseason. And I think you're just seeing a guy who, you know, has kind of found his groove. You know, he's got a little bit more of that swagger, a little bit more of that juice that, uh, that you know, charged up the bench into the run of the finals a couple of years ago. And, you know, I think that there are still, when you talk about his improvement, there are still times when Cam can get sped up a little bit. And he acknowledged that, that his, if there's one word that he wants to really lock in on this season, it's being efficient. And I, I think that, that, you know, finding that consistency will be the next step for him. You know, stringing together several games where minimal turnovers and making an impact on the defensive end. But he's he's getting very close. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. K. Ray, uh, Cam Johnson's performance against Minnesota, 29 points, seven threes. He's hit 14 threes uh, in the last three games. He's shooting 50% from three in the last three games. I, I You know, to be fair, they're probably not expecting that of him all season, but that sure felt like a big step, and it feels like maybe he's in the middle of a big step to cementing uh, what they were hoping for from him in the starting lineup. Yeah, and look, Monty said as much. I know James Jones in his visit with the guys yesterday said as much. Um, and, and, you know, I think Again, people have to understand, you know, Cam is fitting into a new role. Yes, he had 16 starts last year, but it wasn't starting, you know, 16 straight games in a row. Uh, And EJ pointed this out early on that, you know, Cam's going to have to adjust to playing ones, you know, 25, 30 minutes a game versus in his previous stretches, you know, you're playing against twos. So I think that adjustment has come. Cam, Cam is, you know, as as smart a player as you're going to find on the floor for the Suns. But look, and again, this is no disrespect to Jay Crowder, but you're seeing why the Suns really had to make the decision to, to put Cam Johnson in as a starter. And the numbers are backing that up. And and I thought, and Monty pointed this out in the postgame the other night, and I said it a couple of times in a telecast, his defense the other night was was as good as his offense, you know. And it's hard to, to look at it, you know, statistically. But when you look at the way he played Carl Anthony Towns, forcing him to be uncomfortable most of the night, Carl got a lot of, you know, what folks would call empty stats late in the game. Uh, but to me, that's where Cam can continue to really polish his game is as a defender and continue to torture people on the offensive end, you know, by stretching the floor. K-Ray, great stuff as always, man. We always appreciate it. Thanks, K. You got it, fellas. Have a great weekend.